Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Vast Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibb, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next hour, I'm going to give you the latest entertainment news on Ellen DeGeneres, Leslie Odom Jr., Ariana Grande, Paul McCartney, Naya Rivera, and a whole lot more. Let's get started. Roll it. Up on the blog and I'm chilling up in NYC Up on the train and the radio is all I need In the fuse and celeb news, I'll let see That's entertainment, who became famous Number one source of pop culture, radio or not We gon' chase it, that's entertainment Save adolescents from the ghetto time stage Gotta make a change in, that's entertainment Wednesdays afternoon at 1 p.m. So baby, don't forget the tune The Benz is nice, the Jags is the better cruise There is no car, I win cause you plan to lose to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know what's going on in the world of entertainment, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way it will send you a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, give me a call. The call-in number is 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. That's 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. Also, like us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com slash thatsentertainment.radio. Follow us on Twitter at thatsentertain1. That's T-H-A-T-S, entertain, E-N-T-E-R-T-A-I-N, and the number 1. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto14, Stiletto like the shoe, S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O, and the number 14. And you can also follow me on Instagram. Just go to T. Jones Gibbs, that's T-J-O-N-E-S-G-I-B-B-S. Right now the current temperature in the NY is mostly sunny, 86 degrees. Uh, Before I get started with the show today, I'd like to give a shout-out to everyone who uh, was affected by the tropical storm yesterday here in the northeast. We had a lot of uh, trees that was down here in the New York area, and uh, three people died in the process um so i just want to make sure shout out to all those people who were safe and and weren't affected by the storm and because we lost a lot of power um the thing about the northeast region we have a lot of oak trees maple um these large thick trees that are not able to handle those type force winds and that's why they're always breaking and snapping and coming, pulling, uh, falling out of the roots. So it, it was really bad yesterday. I mean, the winds were so strong. It lasted about, about two or three hours we had. So, uh, I mean, we didn't have too much flooding, but it was the wind that was really, really, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the very scary part. Um, also, uh, we're still... Our country, the United States, is not handling this pandemic uh, that well. Once again, people are not wearing masks. People are not taking it seriously. Uh, this uh, Schools are starting 
the first week of school just started in some parts of the country this week, and I, I as a parent with children that go to school, it's nerve-wracking because this virus is serious, and young people can get it, and little children can get it, and we're still sending our children to school. Um, some parts of the country uh, don't understand how deadly this virus is. I know here in the New York area they have come, they're coming up with a plan, but it's not that detailed enough. They have told parents they have the option to do remote learning like we did this past spring, and we, they have it where they're going to do a couple of days a week where the kids can, you have the option to let them go to school, and the remaining part of the week they'll do remote learning. Um, I feel the country is not ready. I think that uh, – we should not be sending our kids to school. I, I, I feel that we shouldn't even have the teachers and the staff put in harm's way because it is deadly. And I just don't understand why our country is not taking this really seriously. I mean, it's, it, it's not going away. And the more we don't have become proactive with this, we're going to be right back to where we were earlier in the year. So that's my two cents about that. Well, um, it is Wednesday, and it is the first Wednesday of the month of August. Can you believe it? We're almost, 2020 is almost almost over, actually. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about uh, talk show host, comedian, uh, Ellen DeGeneres. She is in a lot of serious trouble, and uh, she uh, has been put on blast. Uh, she has come on the fire for uh, her employees have come forward with alleged allegations of sexual misconduct and harassment from senior level producers, and they're just coming out of the woodwork. Also, uh, some of her celebrity friends are putting her on blast, and there's some celebrity friends that are just have nothing but good things to say about her. So we're going to be talking about that. Um, Hamilton star Leslie Odom Jr., um, do you know he did not, he almost didn't do the film version of Hamilton? And I'll tell you why, because of a pay difference. Um, He goes into detail about, you know, just, you know, he's he's taking the, He's standing up for himself when it comes to actors, Broadway actors who they they you know they're talented, but they're not getting paid as much as their um, you know Leslie Odom Jr. is an African American actor, but he's not getting paid like his white counterpart parts. So we're gonna be uh, talking about his uh, almost not filming the film version because he wasn't getting his request paid. And Ariana Grande is reported to earn $5.2 million for a Netflix film, and it's a sweet deal, and no pun intended, because it's it's part it's about uh, a film of her Sweetener World Tour. We'll tell you more about that. And Paul McCartney found out that um, John Lennon's wife, Yoko Ono, had... Uh, 
he, John Lennon and Yoko had said something very hurtful. And he's talking about um, uh, a, he had did a, a recent interview with British GQ magazine where he spoke about how Yoko and John criticized him and it really cut him deep. So we're going to be talking about that. And Naya Rivera will be featured as a guest judge in a upcoming episode of Netflix baking competition show called Sugar Rush. Uh, apparently it was the last thing that she filmed before her untimely death when she drowned at Lake Piro in Ventura County, California, earlier last month. So uh, let's get started. Um, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres um, has been on the air for, she has this show for how long? Jesus, I can't even, I don't even know, remember what season this would be. But uh, she has come on the fire after 36 former employees came forward with allegations of sexual misconduct and harassment from senior-level producers working on the Star's TV show. Just hours after the host admitted she was sorry about recent allegations of the toxic work environment from former employees of the Ellen DeGeneres show, BuzzFeed published a new article reporting that the office is a place where sexual harassment and misconduct by top executive producers runs rampant. And this is according to a dozen men and women who work behind the scenes. And speaking about their experiences, the employees who were all kept anonymous range from long-time senior-level employees to production assistants. They claim that senior producers would regularly make sexual explicit comments in the office, and many of the targets were lower-level and younger employees who felt they lacked any power to speak up. Other employees alleged inappropriate touching took place, with many of the allegations made against executive producer Ed Galvin. While Warner Brothers executives didn't comment on the new allegation, they gave a new statement after launching an investigation into the show, insisting they hope to determine the, the val- validity and extent of publicly reported allegations and to understand the full breadth of the show day-to-day culture. Now, um, there were more people that came forward and... Also, there were some other things that also had surfaced online. Uh, Comedian Brad Garrett, actor and comedian Brad Garrett, he claimed on Twitter that he knew many of the people who told him about uh, they, they were getting poor treatment by Ellen. And actress Leah Thompson also doubled down on the comment as well. In response to an article about Brad saying that mistreatment by Ellen is a common knowledge, the Little Women star wrote on Friday, July 31st, this is by Leah Thompson, she said that it was a true story. However, they didn't detail how she came to the conclusion. Uh in related story, in a related story, Ellen is said to be wanting to exit the talk show following new claims made against herself and the staff of the award-winning morning show. She is pissed that people have come forward to share these negative stories about her, and she feels betrayed. This is according to a source revealed by Us Weekly. Again, 
the Ellen DeGeneres show was hit with racism and toxic environment allegations made by current and former employees. In response to that, Ellen issued a statement in an internal email last Thursday saying that she's sorry for what happened and promised to change. However, later on Friday, BuzzFeed published a new report alleging that the office is a place where this, all this misconduct and all these things were going on, running rampant, and this is happening to all these men and women behind the scenes. Now, Kevin Hart is one of her friends who um, he's considered Ellen a good friend of his. He wanted to send some support amid this these racism accusations that she has been facing. However, people were angry over his decision, and he attacked and attacked them online, actually, prompting the comedian actor to hit back at them through a video shared on Instagram on Tuesday. This is yesterday. In the video, Kevin expressed how baffled he was after reading all the criticism, and this is what he said, quote, Man, this social media uh, is getting out of hand, dude. It's truly getting out of hand. Following show, from, from showing support to a friend, uh, he also said that uh, he added that he has been receiving a lot of messages and calls after he made his support public, but it didn't make him take back what he said. Stressing that Ellen is a friend, Kevin pointed out that he do, he, uh, he'll do his best to be there for his friend whenever they're in trouble. And he also continued saying, quote, it is effed up. He said that it's an F-up time that we live in. People are forgetting how to be people. People are now programmed. When did we get here? Unquote. Kevin received the backlash after he took to Instagram to send love to Ellen, who had been accused of, again, fostering a toxic and abusive work environment on her talk show. Along with a photo of them on the set of the show, Kevin said, quote, I have known Ellen for years, and I can honestly say that she's one of the dopest people on the effing planet. She has treated my family and my team with love and respect from day one, unquote. Now, of course, people went in and slammed him after he shared that post, Kevin Hart. And this was some um, some of the people said on the post. They said, quote, you might regret this post, Kevin, when the truth come out. This is what one person warned him. This is what else they said. They said, obviously, she's going to be nice to you. You're Kevin Hart, a well-known celebrity. You're going to tr- She's going to treat you nice because you, maybe according to her, to her, you're on her level. But if she treats her staff and others that aren't as successful as her like shit, then she's kind of she kind of deserves what she's getting. Unquote. Another celebrity friend of hers came to her uh, defense, and that was Katy Perry. She had defended her friend Ellen DeGeneres following accusation about this toxic workplace culture on her chat show. The presenter has been heavily criticized in recent weeks for allegedly turning a blind eye to staff members reporting misconduct, racism, and sexual harassment with some former fans, even calling to her to be replaced. However, Katie leaped to her pal's defense on Twitter, explaining to fans that the 62-year-old had always treated her with kindness. Current, and and again, these um, uh, former employees, current and former, alleged that uh, Ellen, the kindness that she projects on screen, 
is nothing what she portrays behind the scenes. And again, they said that the, one of the the allegations include one of the sexual misconduct against her senior producer on the show. Um, Ellen has spoken out about the controversy, and she vowed to work with Warner Media Chief to correct the issue raised, like claims of intimidation and racism. Uh, her, the star's wife, Portia Del Rosie, has also promised to stand by her spouse amid reports that she may be replaced by late night host James Corden. Yeah, this talks that James Corden might take her place if her show is canceled. Um, the thing of what 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 makes this look so bad for Ellen is that uh, one reporter said that you know it's when if this is going on in your company, your staff, it starts from it, it you have to it starts from the higher up. Um, this is a problem that the head bosses should know about and take care of, and she didn't do that. Um, and it looks bad. It really looks bad, um, you know, because Ellen has all these, pro, you know, she had these, you know, she had the game shows. She has, um, she, you know, she's very generous when it comes to her audience. When she uh, showers them with all these prizes and gifts, and she, uh, whenever she has her uh, the, her guests come on the show, she's always playing tricks on them, and it's always a big laugh and. And to be honest with you, I'm I'm shocked because you know being a fan of hers and watching, being a viewer, you know you never know that this is going on. And again, this is just probably years and years, and probably people have said something, but it's been pushed under the rug. So I just wish Ellen the best. I hope it's not true. I hope she's able to fix it, but this is serious. This is some serious accusations coming from her employees, and a couple of uh, uh, a couple of actors in Hollywood. So let's see what happens. Uh, right now we got 18 minutes after the hour. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of Vast Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, where every week between 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I bring you the latest of what's going on in the world of entertainment. If you like the show and you are new to Blog Talk Radio, register as a listener and uh, follow us. There's a follow-up button on top of the show page. That way it will send you a reminder how you ever you want to get reminded on your on an app or on your phone or email when our broadcast live. Also, make sure you like us on Facebook. Uh, usually, our Facebook uh, page is usually stories that I usually cover on the show or stories that I didn't get a chance to come to or get to. So always check it out on www.facebook.com slash thatsentertainment.radio. Follow us on Twitter at That's Entertain one That's T-H-A-T-S, Entertain, E-N-T-E-R-T-A-I-N, and the number one. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto14, that's S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O, and the number 14. You can also follow me on Instagram at T. Jones Gibbs. Hamilton star Leslie Odom Jr. was prepared to miss the film version of the hit musical after producer held out on his request for pay parity until the eve of production. 
The Broadway smash was filmed with the original cast over two nights in 2016 and was recently released on the new Disney Plus streaming service to high praise from fans and critics alike. Oldham Jr. reprised his role as U.S. founding father Aaron Burr for the recording, but revealed he almost walked away from the part because the Tony and Grammy Award winner, who is African-American, the band, he received the same fee as his white peer Aaron Felt when he starred in the 2016 TV event Grease Live. Odom Jr. asked his representative at the talent agency CAA to find out how much his white counterpart Velt made for Grease Live and requests he receive the same compensation. The gambling paid off, but Odom Jr. insists he would have walked away had his request been snubbed. And this is what he said. He said it didn't always work. He said when he requests a, a, a bigger pay salary, he said because it, it, every time when he does request more money, it doesn't always work, and, and he has lost a couple of jobs. Um, the day before they shot that movie, he called out of work. He was not playing. He was not kidding around about his pay request. And he's told them that he was not going to come to work the next day to do that movie. It was about the principle. For him, it was about the principle. And sometimes it doesn't work out, and you have to go. But that's okay. The Hamilton film also starred creator Lin-Manuel Miranda, David Diggs, Philippa Sue, and Jonathan Groff. You know, and Leslie Odom Jr. is such a talented singer and actor. His vocals are insane. Why wouldn't they? I mean, he's worth the money. He, the the talent that he that oozes when he's on stage and he performs is is unbelievable. I think he should even got he I I I don't understand why he wouldn't receive the same amount. You know what I'm saying? But it's always about race in this country. It's always about race. Uh, Ariana Grande is reportedly set to earn $5.2 million for a Netflix film of her Sweetener World Tour. The Seven Ring singer had hinted a film about the 97-day trek could be on the way when questioned by a fan on Twitter last week. According to the British newspaper The Sun, the prospect has sparked a bidding war with Netflix chiefs ready to offer as much as $5.2 million for the rights. An insider tell the publication that Ariana team are negotiating a huge deal between a number of big hitters with Netflix and YouTube both showing interest. The deal is being negotiated by uh, Ariana's closest advisor, led by Scooter Braun. And speaking about the nature of the likely film, uh, the source did add that along with her performances, Ariana was filmed backstage while traveling and traveling during downtime. Um, it, it, the film is supposed to be very uh, honest, brutally honest, and it's going to show like a raw depiction of how tough life can be on the road, but will include the happier, heartwarming times as well. Ariana previously worked with U2 on a docu-series in 2018, which showed her on the road during her Dangerous Woman tour. Paul McCartney found Yoko Ono's claim John Lennon was the Beatles' sole creative genius, Hurtful. The Beatle rocker recalled his feeling of pain after the group's 1970s split in a new interview with British GQ magazine and spoke of how Yoko and John's criticism cut deeply. 
And this is what Paul said. He said, I remember reading the article, an interview with Yoko, who, okay, she was a big John supporter. I get that. But in this article, she goes, Paul did nothing. All he ever did was book studios. And I'm going, uh, no. The pain was compounded after his old bandmate expressed similar sentiments in his track, How Do You Sleep? And then John uh, does this famous song, How Do You Sleep? And he's going, all, all you ever did was yesterday. And I'm going, no, man, the She Loves You hitmaker, that's what he added. However, he said it's a misconception that they all hated each other and that the dispute were more like that between family members. Instead, he blamed the then-manager, Alan Klein, for the bad feeling, even though he found Yoko and John's words pretty hurtful. Paul also blamed Allen for his decision to sue his old bandmates to dissolve their partnership, claiming he saved the group from themselves as the manager and label executive would have owned their back catalog that he not won. Wow. You know, when you you think you know somebody, somebody that you grew, you worked with and grew close with, and then for them to say these things uh, allegedly to a magazine or interview – I can imagine it, it came across hurtful. And, you know, you know how some people, they will say things that make them appear and look good and just brush you off to the side saying that, okay, I'm, I'm going to um, move the spotlight to me and make you look like you did nothing or you, you, you like the background, you're not the important, you're important one. But, see, people re- don't realize John, I mean, uh, Paul McCarthy, he was the lead singer of the group. And for uh, them to say that, it, it I, I can imagine it did come off pretty hurtful. Uh, Naya Rivera will be featured as a guest judge in the upcoming episode of Netflix baking competition show called Sugar Rush. The late Glee actress who was laid to rest last Thursday will feature on the season three of the show for her final film appearance. Netflix bosses have confirmed the season drops on the streaming service at midnight Friday. Naya filmed her appearance on Sugar Rush in February, weeks before uh, she uh, Hollywood had shut down due to the coronavirus pandemic in March, and the episode will be dedicated to the late actress with an on-screen note honoring Rivera before the opening credits. She will be seen alongside Chef and regular judges Candace Nelson and Adriano Zumbo, as well as host Hunter March in the new season, which is dubbed Sugar Rush Extra Sweet. Naya was found dead in Lake Peru in Ventura County, California, earlier this month following a five-day search. I'm sorry, earlier last month in July, following a five-day search and rescue operation after she went missing during a boat trip with her four-year-old son, Josie. Right now we have here, uh, we got 27 minutes after the hour. Uh, Coming up in the... uh, Next half hour, we're going to be talking about uh, Frank Ocean. Uh, apparently, the singer's uh, brother was killed in a car crash uh, this past Sunday morning, last Sunday morning. I'll tell you more about that. Uh, Shannon Tatum is getting ready to take on a new role as a producer for a project for Amazon, Amazon Studios. And actor. 
Georgia turned filmmaker Dave Franco is holding on to the top of the North American box office charts. And Courtney Cox will reunite with her ex-husband, David Arquette, on the uh, classic horror role in the new Screen Reboot. And Disney live-action Mulan Reboot will no longer be premiering in theaters. All those stories and more coming up in the next half hour, so don't go anywhere.
tune in to That's Entertainment, the number one source of entertainment news and pop culture every Wednesday afternoon with your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, right here on Block Talk Radio. Right now, we have here... 27 minutes left remaining in the show. That was from Chloe and Holly in Do It. Before we went to the music break, I was telling you about uh, the singer Frank Ocean. Well, his brother uh, got killed in a car crash uh, this past Sunday, this past Sunday morning, August the 2nd. Um, his brother is, was named Ryan Brio a.k.a. Ryan Moore. He died from blunt force head injuries in a single vehicle collision in Thousand Oaks, California. The driver of the Telsa, Ezekiel Bishop, was also killed in the crash. The car collided with a tree and burst into flame. Moore and Bishop was pronounced dead at the scene. Brio was the youngest brother of singer Ocean, whose real name is Christopher Brio. Ocean dedicated the song Orion from his 2011 Lonnie Brio mixtape to his little brother and Ryan, also featured in Ocean's song Futura Free. My condolences to you, uh, Frank Ocean. Shannon Tatum is taking on a new role as a producer of a project for Amazon Studio. The 40-year-old Magic Mike star will team with Scooter Braun and the streaming giant for an as-yet-untitled Lady Macbeth, young adult musical feature. According to editors at The Hollywood Reporter, Tatum will produce through his free association production company alongside partner Reed Carolyn, Peter Kiernan, and Michael Parrott. Braun will produce through the, his uh, SB Projects company alongside Scott Manson and James Shin. Details of the plot are under wraps at present, but the publication reports it will potentially feature a teenage version of William Shakespeare, Shakespeare's iconic character, Lady Macbeth, who grapples with her own morality as she contends with the dreadful consequences of her ambition. Lady Macbeth is a key figure in Shakespeare Macbeth, the tale of a Scottish general who murders his way into kingship while descending into madness from guilt and belief in a prophecy told by witches. Lady Macbeth is his wife, a calculating woman who prods her husband into murder and war. John McPhail of Anna and the Apocalypse will direct the project, which will be written by S.J. Edwards. And actor-turned-filmmaker Dave Franco is holding on to the top of the North American box office chart for a second consecutive week with The Rental. The horror movie starring Franco actress wife Allison Brie was screened in 242 locations, 160 of which were drive-in theaters, grossing just under 318000 It's the only release film, feature release, in the new top five as screening of classic hits. The Goonies, Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, and Grease filled out the rest of the countdown during the coronavirus pandemic. And uh, Courtney Cox will reunite with her ex-husband, David Arquette, on screen after agreeing to reprise her classic horror role in the new Scream reboot. The Friends star had been booked to step into the shoes of tenacious reporter Gail Weathers again in the upcoming studio rehashing of the 1996 slasher movie titled Screen 5, led by director Matt Bettinelli, Open, and uh, Tyler Gillett of the filmmaking group Radio Science. 
Cox joined her ex-husband David Arquette in the reboot with her former spouse revisiting the role of goofy sheriff Dwight Dewey Riley. Bosses at Spyglass Media Group and Paramount Pictures are relaunching the entire screen franchise, which earned $600 million with four movies that were all directed by late filmmaker Wes Craven, and this is according to The Hollywood Reporter. Other original castmates uh, like uh, Ned Campbell and Matthew Lillard have yet to be officially announced as part of the reboot. However, Lillard whose Stu Matcher character was slain in the original screen, has recently expressed interest in resurrecting his persona to join the new project. The new screen film will shoot in Wilmington, North Carolina, and casting is still ongoing. And uh, also, uh, <laughs> this is... Uh, <laughs> um, I just I just wanted to make... Uh, trying to find my place here. Uh Disney live action uh Mulan, the reboot, is no longer gonna be premiering in theaters. Uh bosses at the studio has decided to release the much anticipated film on the Disney Plus streaming platform from September fourth at a cost of thirty dollars to viewers. Mulan was originally scheduled to open in theaters in America on March twenty seventh but the COVID crisis and the shutdown of cinemas forced movie chiefs to pull the film from the calendar. The Mulan release won't reflect the rollout of Disney blockbusters, The New Mutants, and Black Widow, which are still scheduled to hit theaters on August 28th and November 6th, respectively, and this is according to Rolling Stones. Ryan Reynolds is making use of his editing skills to put a twist on one of his infamous films while he is now part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe through his portrayal of Deadpool after Disney acquisitions of 20th Century Fox. The Canadian actor apparently still wants his place in the DCEU. The 43-year-old hunk who for years had poked fun at the Green Latin major flop is bringing up his, his uh, inglorious past to claim his part in Justice League. And this past Tuesday, as a matter of fact, yesterday, Tuesday, August 4th, he shared his cut of the 2011 movie that featured Ben Affleck's Batman, Henry Cavill's Superman, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, Jason Momoa's Aquaman, Ray Fitcher's Cyborg, as well as Isra Miller, The Flash. Prior to posting the re-edited version of The Green Lantern, Reynolds teased that he might be in Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League while debunking rumors that he would portray Hawkman in Black Adam. And responding to the Canadian actor's denial of his involvement in Black Adam, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who will take on the title character in the upcoming movie, jokingly insisted that to Ryan Reynolds that uh, he said that you are playing a Hawkman, and that's that. But the wrestler turned actor went on trolling Reynolds, saying, you're also Deadpool, Green Lantern, which which you want because you own the intellectual property, and you're also in Zack Snyder's GL movie, and you're also, get this, Kevin's Hart dad, like in real life, as per blood test. So he's making fun of him. Reynolds is currently leading the Deadpool franchise, though uh, Disney has not given the official green light to a third movie yet. Meanwhile, the Snyder Cut, which is the director version of the superhero film, is scheduled to be released on HBO Max in the first half of 2021. 
Sheryl Crow has re-recorded Woman in the White House as the presidential election draws near. The nine-time Grammy-winning singer originally released the B-side track in 2012 and has now rehashed the tune with an accompanying lyric-driven YouTube video in the hopes it would inspire Americans to vote on November 3rd during Election Day. Cheryl also has transformed Woman in the White House from a country song to a banging hard rock track, adding a fiery guitar solo on the outro. The new revamp is the latest rehashing from Crow, who also covered Lonely Town, Lonely Street by Bill Weathers to honor the late musician who died this past March. And R&B superstar Tony Braxton is returned with a new single. It's called Dance. The single came out on Friday, July 31st, and is taken from her forthcoming album, Spell My Name. The new record, which comes just two years after the star released her Grammy-nominated Nice album, Sex and Cigarettes, featured ten tracks, including previous single, Do It, and a collaboration with Missy Elliott and Her. Taken to social media to promote the record, which is available to pre-order now ahead of its August 28th release, Tony simply captioned a post of the album cover with the hashtag, Taking Out Negative Influence. While the star didn't explain the caption, it appeared to be a message of defiance after her sister Tamar opened up on her recent overdose and suicide attempt as she blamed toxic people in the reality TV industry for her mental health issues. Tamar who also enjoyed a successful music career, was hospitalized in Los Angeles on July 16 after her boyfriend, David Alofesso, found the 43-year-old unresponsive in her hotel suite. She spent days in a coma but has since regained consciousness and is currently being treated for mental health issues amid reports suggesting she had taken a concoction of alcohol and prescription pills. Tony has been quiet on her social media page amid her siblings' health scare, but posted for the first time since July 7 on Wednesday as she shared a picture of herself and her sisters. And this is what she put as a caption. She said, quote, family is everything, especially sisters, unquote. Jay-Z blew Snoop Dogg away with his artistry after penning all the lyrics for his Dr. Dre collaboration, Still Dre, in just 30 minutes. The Empire State of Mind hitmaker, whose real name is Sean Carter, is credited as a writer of the 1999 track and is long known to have served as a ghostwriter for former NWA icon Dre. However, in a recent interview with the New York radio show The Breakfast Club, Snoop, who featured on the hip-hop classic, reveals Jay-Z also came up with his verse after he and Death Row Records co-founder The Doc had trouble coming up with anything worthy of the beat created by Scott Starch, Melman, and Dre. And he insists the track wouldn't have worked out so well if Jay-Z hadn't been such a big fan of Dre because he was able to write perf- perfectly for his tone and candence. And uh, Snoop said that... Uh, all he all he can say about Jay Z is that he's a great author, and he said that one of Doc, he he said that was one of Dr. Dre's best record. So thanks thanks to Jay Z, that's right he saved the day. <laughs> right now we have uh, 15 minutes left remaining in the show. Um, I'm going to take another music break, and when we come back, 
I'm going to give you the last ringing stories of the day, so don't go anywhere.
That was the latest from Beyonce and Black Parade. And speaking of Miss Queen B, uh, do you know she has changed changes outfit about a total of 63 times in Black is King. The singer's visual album, which accompanies The Lion King's The Gift, dropped on Disney Plus last Friday, which fans left stunned by the incredible uh, some, uh, the, the outfits, the beautiful outfits Beyonce sports throughout the 85-minute film. Black is King's fashion curator, uh, Zarina Akers, opened up about working on the project during an interview with Entertainment Tonight, telling the outlet that she had to come prepare with suitcases upon suitcases of clothes for the former Destiny Child star. Revealing that Beyonce has 63 outfit changes, she said she had to be prepared. And she said that, um, you know, just in case, because more likely than not, when you get there and it's like, oh, it's so beautiful, we need something more grand, we kind of allowed it to shape shift. Uh, Akers also assured that she had a lot of outfits choices for Beyonce's eight-year-old daughter, Blue, who also featured in the visual album. Now, Beyonce also gave a special dedication to her son, Sir Carter, in the closing moments of her new visual album, Black is King. The film was released exclusively, again, on Disney Plus platform last Friday, July 31st, with the hitmaker uniting her husband, Jay-Z, her daughter, Blue Ivy, and her mother, Tina Noel Larson, for the project, which is based on Beyonce's 2019 album, The Lion King, The Gift. And in the closing moments of the project, a video plays of uh, Beyonce dancing with her three-year-old sir as he smiled contently alongside a message revealing that she dedicated her latest project to her only son. And this is what the message read. It says, dedicated to my son, Sir Carter, and to all our sons and daughters, the sun and the moon, so for you. You are the keys to the kingdom. Her twin sister, Rumi, also featured in the film, and eldest sister, Blue, alongside an A-list lineup, including Beyonce former bandmate, Destiny Child, Kelly Rowland, Naomi Campbell, and Lupita Nyong'o. And Taylor Swift is celebrating after becoming the first artist in Billboard chart history to land debut at the top of the singles and album countdown in the same week. The singer's surprise release, Folklore, hit the top of the Billboard 200 on Sunday, August 2nd, and now the first single from the album, Cardigan, has rocketed to number one on the Hot 100. Taylor marked the double milestone by replying to fans' congratulatory tweets with a gif of Dwayne The Rock Johnson in the San Andreas film saying, Oh My God. Swift also became one of the only seven other artists who had had multiple songs debut at number one, and she's the first artist to debut three songs in the top six spots of the Hot 100 in a single week. Taylor now has more than 100, hot, more than hot um, I think more than 100 uh, um Entries than any other female artist in history with 113 total. The only artist who have had more was uh, is Drake at 224, the cast of Glee at 207, and Little Wayne at 169. And this is surely a collaboration that people would have never expected to happen. Cardi B broke the internet. This past Monday, August 3rd, when she announced that she will be releasing a joint song entitled WAP with no other than Megan Thee Stallion this week. 
an exciting announcement with a company with a cover art for the single. In the artwork, the rappers' backs are facing each other as both of them are sticking their tongue out, and they not only are they matching poses, but the two are also sporting the same hairstyles and earrings. And in the caption of the post, Cardi revealed that the upcoming collabo is set to be released on Friday. Following the announcement, both Cardi and Megan names started trending on social media, with the former claiming that her site crashed because of that. Many celebrities have expressed their excitement as well, including Taraji P. Henson, Sam Smith, The Baby, and Normani. Orange is the new black star Daniel Brooks is to get ready to portray gospel legend and activist Mahalia Jackson in a new TV movie. Tony Award winner Kenny Leon will direct the project from uh, the uh, from uh, TV newswoman Robin Roberts' Rock and Robin production. Mahalia became one of America's premier gospel performers who sang at President uh, John F. Kennedy's inaugural ball and at the March on Washington in 1963 alongside Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. The movie marks a reunion for Leon and Brooks, who previously worked together on the stage production of Much Ado About Nothing. And the Avengers star Chris Helmsworth will be taking a deep dive to swim with sharks for a new National Geographic special. Shark Beach will follow the Australian actor as he embarks on a journey to understand the behaviors of the big fish amid increasing attacks on humans down under. He will get up close and personal with a variety of shark species and consult with marine biologists, conservationists, conservationists and surfers in his homeland as he explored new technological advances designed to help humans and sharks coexist. Sorry about that. The TV special will air next year in 2021 as part of the annual Summer Shark Fest. Meanwhile, actress Sigourney Weaver will reunite with her alien and avatar director James Cameron for another National Geographic project, this time focusing on whales. Weaver will narrate Secrets of the Whales, a four-part series executive produced by Cameron, which will shed lights on the mammal's way of life. The show will premiere worldwide on Earth Day next year, April 22nd, 2021. And our auditions for the forthcoming season of American Idol will be held virtually amid the coronavirus pandemic. The live shows for 2020 season 18 of American Idol was filmed remotely due to the COVID-19 crisis with judges Lionel Richie, Katy Perry, and Luke Bryan, host Ryan Seacrest, and the contestants all appearing from their respective homes. Now, producers of the long-running singing competition series has announced Idol Across America, a live virtual audition tour visiting all 50 states for the first time ever in search of the show's next winner. Beginning August 10th, the online audition will, audition will use uh, like custom-built Zoom video conference technology to host the first ever live virtual nationwide search. The new format, in place of the physical audition in various spots across the U.S., will increase the accessibility of auditions and put budding stars face-to-face with a producer from the show providing real-time feedback. It has yet to be announced whether contestants will progress to a face-to-face audition with the judges in person or whether this, too, will be held remotely at a later date. 
aspiring stars must be between the age of 15 and 28 years old to audition and can sign up for Idol Across America at www.americanidol.com slash auditions. And singer Tamar Braxton has been granted her wish to be released from her reality TV contract after blaming the toxic industry for her recent suicide attempt. The 43-year-old broke her silence online last Thursday as she addressed the situation which had led her to try and end her life on July 16 when she was found unresponsive in her Los Angeles hotel suite. In her candid Instagram statement, Braxton revealed she had been struggling mentally with life in the spotlight for some time, but claimed network bosses at WeTV, who produced her long-running show, Braxton Family Values, did little to help her and instead filmed the damage made for uh, monetary gain. She also alleged she had written to TV chief two months earlier, begging to be released from her excessive and unfair contract, under which she felt betrayed, taken advantage of, overworked, and underpaid. But her complaint was ignored. Going public with her battle behind the scenes appeared to have worked in Braxton's favor, and on Friday, WeTV official announced they had cut ties with Braxton as requested. And although the partnership is ending, WeTV Executive will still premiere her new series, Tamar Braxton, Get Your Life, on September 10th without any further edits. Well, uh, that will do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs. Have a great week. Stay safe. Please, please, please wear the mask, wash your hands, do not attend crowded places and bars and parties, and also um, protect your children as well as they, as some of them are attending school uh, the first day of uh, school for this week. Talk to you soon and have a great day.